All right, here we go. Rants with Justin and Joe. Joe. 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 Welcome to Rants with Justin and Joe. So, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Everyone's getting excited for the holidays. We have two more episodes before we take another break and we'll head into season three of Rants with Justin and Joe, or at least I think we're going to head into season three. I don't know if we're canceled yet or if that happens, but. Uh, Today, we are very glad and honored to have Noah being attending with us and speaking about his perspective on autism. We'll let Noah introduce himself and uh, some of the neat and really cool things that he's doing. But first, Joe's going to go through uh, the logistics of this. Sure, sure. Uh, if you're catching this live, um, you can Watch, listen to it for free, uh, watch it for free. If you're catching this on the podcast, it's also free. Uh, but if you want CEUs for this, uh, you're gonna have to go ahead and navigate to www.autismpartnershipfoundation.org forward slash podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this live, I'll put it in the chat for you. Uh, if you're catching this on the podcast, it'll be in the description of the podcast. Just head on over to that website, add the rant to your cart, answer a, a quick question about the keywords, and uh, then boom, you have some uh, CEUs. The opening keyword for this, we'll see if Noah picks up on it before I get to the closing keyword, selected just for you, man. Uh, the opening keyword is going to be Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y. Uh, and then when we get to the end, I'll give you the closing keyword. So again, if you want CEUs for this, www.autismpartnershipfoundation.org forward slash podcast. Uh, if you want to ask any questions, catching this live, please use the Q&A option. You can ask questions anonymously or you can throw your name behind them, however you want to do it. If you put it in the chat, sometimes they get missed because the chat, bot, the chat gets rolling and we might miss them. Um, so make sure your questions are answered using the Q&A because uh, we really want this to be driven by any questions that you might have for Noah. Uh, take advantage of uh, having someone like Noah here to share his perspective and his experience. So please let those questions roll in and we'll make sure that they get fit into the discussion. And so one thing that we're telling all our guests know, what we've learned from our first season is we would just go right into chatting and talking, but our audience had no clue who the person was. We knew who the guests were uh, as we invited them. But uh, so we have done it where if you can just talk about yourself and for about like two minutes before we get into questions and just uh, introduce yourself to our audience. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> hello everybody. Uh, fellas, thank you for having me on the uh, podcast. My name is Noah Russell. I'm, I'm born and raised in Long Beach, California, and uh, I am on the spectrum. I, I was diagnosed uh, in first grade. I was not told about it until seventh grade, which is understandable because if they told me in first grade, I wouldn't have had a single clue what they were talking about. Um, but when they did inform me of it, I uh, honestly, I was a little confused, but at the same time scared, because when I heard the word syndrome in there, I thought, 
disability. Um, I, in all honesty, I actually thought I was uh, below the IQ. I thought I was actually, for lack of a better word, mentally retarded. So I, I didn't know what my future held or anything. I like lots of negativity running through my head, but, uh, but I will say though that um, my uh, me being on the spectrum has allowed me to do a lot of things I never thought possible because of uh, talents and whatnot. And uh, I have my good days and bad days just like everyone else. So thank you, thank you. Wonderful introduction to yourself. Um, uh, but so I guess we'll go ahead and open up with something rather, rather broad. Um, you said that you had an autism diagnosis and that uh, you, you heard about it a little bit later. Uh, so uh, would you like to speak to just in general your experience with having an autism diagnosis? Do you want to uh, expand on anything that you said in your introduction at all? Sure. Well, um, <clears throat> the, the thing is, uh, again, when I was told about it, I went to a, a specialist that, um, that deals with this uh, sort of uh, situation. And she had it all on a piece of paper telling, explaining me how it works, how my brain is wired and, uh, and other things. And the, uh, the other, I guess, feeling I had in my head was, wow, question answered. Because uh, for a long time, I knew that I was wired differently than, than all the other kids at school. I was, uh, I think, for the longest time from elementary to high school, I was kind of an island. I was a loner. I didn't, I didn't hang out with my cliques or anything. And nine times out of 10 in, in uh, elementary school, I'd just wander around the playground, just, you know, just, just walk. And uh, um, I was, and also school wasn't really my strong suit. I, for the life of me, I couldn't focus. I really couldn't get all the information to click in. And I thought, you know, there's got to be something wrong with me. I don't know why I'm not su succeeding to everyone else's speed. So when, when I was told that, I'm thinking, oh, question answered. There you go. It, it's like, it, in a way, it's kind of like on the Cosby show when Theo was informed that he, that he had dyslexia. So he thought, oh, question answered. There it is. So. Well, and you said you had a, a, like an adverse response to the word syndrome. <laughs> Uh, it's now, you know, autism spectrum disorder. Do you share similar feelings toward disorder versus syndrome or? Well, uh, I, I think in a way disorder would, um, I mean, they're kind of mixed feelings about that because uh, it can be a disorder. On the other hand, it could be a strength. I mean, it's really a mixed bag in, in my personal opinion, but um, I think disorder wise, the only way I can piece that is is the fact that um, we have trouble socializing and uh, just, you know, just operating in everyday life like, uh, like everyone else does. So. Well, and re related to that, um, there's a, a large discussion as to um, like person with autism or autistic person, you know, using person first or diagnosis first. Uh, yeah. Do you have any preferences related to that or any thoughts on, on that discussion more generally? Well, I'm not too picky on titles, really, but um, uh, one one title that that we affectionately use is Aspie, and uh, it's uh, that, that's that's one that we that we use quite a bit, which um, which I like. It's it's affectionate and it feels more it it 
makes me feel camaraderie and stuff. But um, you could you could say for me, you could say person with autism, Asperger's, Aspie, whatever you want. I'm not I'm not picky. Just so long as you don't say disabled person, I'm good. I think that I think that's a, a lovely answer. I remember reading a book uh, recently of uh, uh, a guest that's going to be on one of our. Uh, or conferences, I guess it's going on right now, or live conferences in Hong Kong. And he, his thing was just call him by his name, call him Michael. I mean, exactly. that's, what, that's what he prefers to be called, uh, just like any of us do. I, I wonder if you could speak uh, about your experiences with ABA or behavioral intervention and your thoughts about it, because it is a hot button topic right now uh, amongst uh, autistic individuals or individuals diagnosed with autism or, or what the, how are they would like to be called and that's on a personal level I realize. Yeah well I mean I, I really um, to be honest I was, wasn't really aware that um, of, of all the stuff going on in ABA until your dad actually uh, uh, emailed me that paper um, but my personal experience because uh, um, you say I, I grew up in the in the late 90s and early 2000s so everything was still kind of new and so in elementary school, I, um, I, I would go to this thing, I forget the, what, it's, what it's short for, but it's called RSP, which I'm sure you guys are aware of. Um, and uh, I worked with uh, specialists who uh, dealt with uh, kids in, in those realms. And I gotta be completely honest, the two teachers that I worked with, they were actually really impatient with us. Uh, they, they, got, um, they got snippy with us real easily they uh they got impatient with us and 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 also when we when we weren't understanding something would actually kind of go like that like you know how are you not getting this you know um and to be honest it, it made me feel this big because you know it's like am i am i really that dumb um but uh from from an adult perspective like working with you guys and also working at uh at a place in oregon uh, the ABA environment, from what I've seen personally, is absolutely fantastic. Um, the the RBTs that I worked with at AP are super patient. They they love their clients and they do any anything in shape or form to improve their clients' um, abilities to just operate in everyday life. Well, and I think your your experience with with those teachers. Um, might be shared to some other people, regardless of any diagnosis or experience. I remember my second grade teacher um, was just awful to me. And for some reason that stuck with me my entire life. Um, yeah. Not necessarily the, the good experiences I had with teachers, but that one bad experience. And I asked you earlier before we you know, got formally started, you said you were in some Facebook groups and I was curious as to which ones because um, Justin and I have seen in lots of, of different Facebook groups um, some dissatisfaction, I'll put it kindly, um, with ABA and ABA services, uh, all the way to the end of saying, you know, all ABA is abuse. Uh, and I wonder if some of that is from people having one adverse experience, uh, like you had or um, others might have, without seeing things like you've got to experience with, you know, what I would consider good ABA or actual ABA. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, everybody has different experiences on who deals with who. And uh, this is what I tell a lot of people. The key word to dealing with people on the spectrum is just it's patience. Because um, 
the truth of the matter is a lot of us, whether we're high functioned or low function or even severe, we develop a little slower and, and, um, um, something that might be completely obvious to, uh, someone that's not on the spectrum could not be obvious to some, someone who is on the spectrum and in a way that it is mind boggling to, uh, neurotypical individuals. Um, but, uh, I have also noticed uh, that people are really starting to crack down on the performance between teachers and people on the spectrum. As a matter of fact, my my closest friend, uh, Tony, he actually is getting his teaching credential in special ed. And he has worked with um, students in the public school system. And uh, he, has, he has told me stories. And um, it is true, there are a lot of people who work in the public school system and in private systems like AP, for instance, that are that you know think they have what it takes to work in the field, but the truth is they don't, and that's okay. But um, now, if they if they leave on a good note, saying, "Oh, this really wasn't for me," then that's okay. But if they get booted because of something they do, then that's a whole another that's a whole another ballpark. But um, there's really like there, there's no straight answer for uh, what ABA is like is everybody is different. I'm pretty sure in all 50 states of the country, there's facilities and public school systems who deal with this kind of thing and everybody deals with it differently. Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a wonderful point. There's just so many different interventions, therapies that have branded themselves as ABA, um, which makes it difficult to understand, well, what are you talking about um, when you say ABA? Um, and, and with your experiences, you have a little bit of training in ABA, right? Yeah. Um, when, uh, when I lived in Oregon for six months, I actually, I got a job as an RBT. Uh, fantastic there. Uh, the teachers there are great. Uh, the RBTs are great. And, uh, and the BCBAs are fantastic. Um, but I'll be honest, AP is like the gold standard, the Harvard, uh, the, you know, like the, the number one source of a uh, of a uh, ABA and mostly because um, you guys just actually have brains in your heads and you guys know what you're doing not to say they don't but but you guys do uh, they they take the easy way out is what I'm saying you guys actually you know you guys actually care and there was actually a time where I was there I said I want to start a research program and stuff oh yeah yeah well we'll get around to that and of course they never did because they just kind of swept it off the shoulders I don't think they took it seriously as they as I as you guys did, but you know what? Like I said, everybody's different. Well, and I just, I just have to go on record here saying that you, we, you weren't paid to say any of that. We didn't ask you to say any of that. So that was unsolicited um, for mm -hmm. anybody who's listening right now. Right. But, but very much appreciated that you have such kind uh, thoughts and feelings of your time uh, at Autism Partnership. You, you mentioned patience is, uh, yeah a key into quality teaching. And I absolutely agree. I think the more patient you are, uh, the better of a teacher you are, the, the better decisions you're making, the better, yeah. the better you can relate to the person you're, you're working with. I think that's the same as a, as a parent as well, right? Like the more patient I can be with the kids, the better days I'm having with my kids. And those days when I'm less patient, the worse days are happening. I'm wondering if there's other advice you would give to behavior analysts about their work or what you would want to see from them? Well, what I would like to see is to, uh, when you're issued uh, a client, is to really do your homework on them 
and uh, take set aside a day or two. Uh, this is this is what I did when I was issued my client up in Oregon is to take a day or two to um, just let them play, let them do what they want, and just take mental notes and take actual notes and just see how they operate. So you can so you can try to establish a rapport with them. And uh, I mean, it it could definitely take a while because you know nothing happens overnight. But do your homework on them. Talk to their parents as much as possible. Know what, know their likes, know their dislikes, and most importantly, know their triggers. Because the last thing you want to do is is you know not know their triggers and learn it the hard way. So the earlier you know their triggers, the better. You know, I think that's I think that's so important. Uh, when I teach a social skills class to my doctoral students at Endicott. I talk about one of the most important things you can do for young kids, obviously, and maybe for older kids as well, is learn uh, cartoon characters and learn what they're into. Like you need to understand who superheroes are if your kids you're working with like superheroes, or you need to understand baseball or sports if they like sports, or if they like uh, Doc McStuffins, you have to understand who the different uh, people are and you know, uh, my youngest, my three-year-old is a uh, four-year-old now is into Doc McStuffins. And I can't stand watching it, but I watch it every day so I can relate and talk to him when he's talking about uh, a Stuffy or Callie of what they're doing. So I think it's so important that you say you have to do your homework. And that's the difference of what quality ABA is versus bad ABA, I think, is quality therapists do their homework and really try to connect with their with their clients and do a good job of connecting with them because it's not just a job for them, it's something that they're passionate about doing, which is why to me, you can't say that all ABA is abuse because when you have good good therapists and providing quality ABA, it's not abusive. Right, and, um, and so like in a nutshell, I'm basically saying just go the extra mile, you know, just try to get to know your client as much as possible. And, and when you mentioned uh, the, the cartoon that, that your kid likes, um, uh, the one tact tactic that my dad went down is to introduce the stuff that he grew up with that way if we're watching it then he can stand it uh like my dad introduced me to the three stooges when i was like six years old and i got hooked and now he and i watch the stooges to this day so yeah. interesting enough that you say that is this week and i introduced them to animaniacs because we were talking about that prior and uh they seem to like uh yakko wacko and Doc. <clears throat> There you go. Well, and I'm sure it sounds selfish, but I swear it, it wasn't. Um, I ended up buying a PlayStation and Crash Bandicoot uh, solely for the purposes of intervention for this one individual that I was working with. Uh, it was a huge interest of his, and I had, and he would want to play uh, with me, and I sucked. Um, so he get pissed off because and not want to play anymore. I was like, no, I want to socially interact here. So that day uh, I went and I bought a PlayStation and a game and I went home and I was playing video games um, just so I could get better at, at what I was doing. Uh, not because I wanted to play that game. Sure, I ended up developing an interest in it the more I played. Um, but really it was to continue to help and enhance therapy. There you go, and that, that's the way to do it. And when I was working at, at AP, I developed a rapport with a client who actually has the exact same interests that I do. He loves trains, he loves Batman, particularly Batman 89. And whenever he would come out to the yard, he and I would just, just gab on about trains or Batman. I'm like, wow, finally somebody I can connect with. So try to find something you can connect with with the kid, that way everything will flow easier. Yeah, absolutely.
Uh, so there's questions flying in here. Uh, I want to make oh, sure okay. that we get to them. Uh, so this one is uh, directed straight to you. Um, what are some of the strengths slash abilities you associate with your diagnosis? And is there anything that stands out to you now that you struggle with associated to your diagnosis? Well, um, some of the abilities that I have, uh, well, well, the one strong ability that I do have that I, that to this day I still don't kind of use right is I have what I call a steel trap memory. If, um, if, if there's something that I like, like movie lines or a song, for instance, I will remember it word for word. People, there are a lot of people that I go to school with or that I'm, that I'm related to that are shocked that I can recite an Indiana Jones movie, for instance, word for word from beginning to end. But the annoying part is that people will ask me, if you can remember all of that, why can't you apply that to your schoolwork? And I said, well, my brain doesn't work like that. Well, make it work like that. It's not how it works. But, um, but one of the, I guess, me personally flaws of being on the spectrum is I do have anger issues. I do have sensitivity issues. Uh, I do have trouble making eye contact. But the one thing that a lot of people um, like about me is I'm the kind of guy who gives a firm handshake, whereas I've, I've shaken hands with a couple of the people on the spectrum. They're kind of, you know, flimsy and stuff. And, and that's okay. But, um, but those are one of the social skills that I developed. But uh, social-wise, um, I do have trouble making eye contact. I do have trouble carrying on a conversation depending on the topic, because uh, sometimes if it's a if I feel that it's not going anywhere or if I feel that it's an awkward topic, I will politely wrap up the conversation and move on. So. Well, and I think that's a skill all in itself is being able to wrap up a conversation and move on. Uh, and to be completely honest, I wouldn't have picked up on any challenges or troubles with eye contact. I know we're in a Zoom situation, um, but I, I wouldn't have been able to pick up on that at all. Yeah, um, I, I do my best to uh, do it. I think the only other time that I don't make eye contact is if it's in a confrontational conversation because it's really intense, it's really uncomfortable, it's... And uh, I mean, to be honest, it's really hard to, to look at someone in the eye who's kind of criticizing you, so. You brought up uh, things like anger management and uh, I don't know, I know you saw my younger brother play baseball. I don't think you ever saw me play softball. So people know that I can get quite angry uh, during that time. But- uh, You, no, never. Yeah, never. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do baseball can be frustrating. Yeah. I do wonder your thoughts on when you have clients, when we as behavior analysts have clients with those uh, areas that they need to work on, if you think it's appropriate to, to work on things like anger management or conversation or attending slash eye contact, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, very much so. It's definitely important for, um... Uh, despite where they are on the spectrum, uh, if you're, I mean, if you're working with somebody on the higher part of the spectrum, like me, um, for lack of a better term, we, we do function normally like everyone else. Um, but I think um, it is important to teach them those really basic social skills like eye contact uh, and, um, and anger management, because sometimes, uh, this is just the truth, uh, a lot of people on the spectrum will get angry over what other people would think would be mundane or ridiculous things. And um, in cases like that, you have to sometimes let it run its course and just let them relax. Because if you try to stop it in the middle, you'll just escalate them further. 
So, um, but yeah, it, it's very important to uh, to teach them uh, all the basics. And and uh, they, also we, we do want to, you know, function like everyone else and telling them that main, maintaining eye contact, if you tell them that it's polite, then they'll actually go with it. Like, oh, it's polite. I want to be polite. So, you know, yeah. Well, and on that note, do you have any um, advice or any suggestions to what someone might tell someone that has a complete opposite view of that? Because there are some people that are like, we should never work on these things. Um, but clearly, you have a different perspective on that. Uh, do you have any advice or suggestions as to how to approach that when someone disagrees? Well, uh, my the thing is, uh, if they if it's really uncomfortable, then don't force because um, uh, forcing will it it just won't go anywhere. So, give it a try for for however long it takes. And if you're literally going nowhere, then then it's it's not worth it. Then then just drop it. If it's something like eye contact, then it's really hit and miss. Um, but it really depends on the situation. So. All right, um, so we have several other questions coming in from multiple different places. Um, one just came in um, and they wanna know what your thoughts are on uh, the outspoken adult communities criticisms of ABA. Uh, well, I, I didn't hear too much about what it was, but the fact that they say that it's abusive, I mean, I would really personally, I would like to see evidence of abuse and I would like to see why they think that um because like i said i've only worked with uh two companies and they were both uh fantastic um but i mean i really don't have too much thought on that because i haven't haven't really seen it so well and that tends to be um you know since we do a lot of research we're pretty well versed in what's out there in terms of the literature base and i don't think i've ever come across anything that's that's shown anything like that um so we tend to have a similar response in that we're, we haven't come across it and that hasn't been our experience whatsoever yeah but once we do we'll 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 address it and we'll establish it yeah i think the thing with it is and i know it's been a theme i guess through the few episodes of rants with justin and joe is it seems they're saying this just to really stop behavioral intervention. They just don't want behavioral intervention anymore. Where no, I think you're coming on and wanting to have a dialogue and talk and give actual perspectives. I think a lot of times these things on social media are just to raise fights and, and stop behavioral intervention. And then when they don't like certain members, they kick them out of groups. Uh, so I think that's, that's not listening, learning or leading. That's just really um, <clears throat> wanting to start fights and not really hearing actual perspectives like your perspective. Yeah, and, and also this is just my opinion. For people who don't want to do the whole behavioral thing, that, that's just that's them just taking the easy way out. Um, when it comes to the spectrum, there literally is no easy way out. You, you just gotta you just gotta take the bull by the horns and go with it because because um, uh, for for people on the spectrum, you know, they, they have to function normally in society just like we all do. And it, and if there's no behavioral training, then then they're going to have to either learn the hard way or not learn at all. And, um, and I really don't want to see them go down that road because there's a lot of, I know a lot of people my age and older and younger who are on the spectrum that operate perfectly in society. And I don't know what their upbringing was like, but they're, but they're great. They, they work, they, uh, they drive and they function normally just like any other human being. So um, I think that behavioral 
uh, interventions should be continued because like I said, if, if it's not, then it's all just going to crash and burn and it's just going to, it's, it, it just wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. I, I just worry though, if, as you're saying, if the children or adolescents, adults uh, who won't get quality behavioral intervention that you've witnessed and, and the effects that that could have if we're not uh, really open to listening to perspectives and if we're just saying all ABA is abuse. Yeah, uh, well, for me personally, when I worked at, uh, at the uh, company up in Oregon, I, I mean, granted, I only worked there for a month, but, um, but I mean, you'd be surprised how, how very little could go a long way because uh, the client, when I, first, uh, when I first worked with him, he didn't speak a word. He couldn't identify, he couldn't identify a truck. But then after working with him, he, his speaking skills were good and uh, he was able to identify uh, a truck and a, and a cup and just, just basic things. And, um, and I actually, for the first time in a long time, I actually felt proud of myself because I helped that kid. And um, ABA, it, it is a stressful job, but it's rewarding in the end because when you see a kid progress, uh, you know, with, uh, with basic skills, it kind of makes you feel warm inside because you say, Hey, you know, that's, I did that. That's, that's pretty awesome. It, it's almost like, it's almost like a physical therapist helping somebody walk again. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're walking. It's like in regarding Henry, you're walking, you're talking. And I had something to do with that. I think that's a, a wonderful analogy. Uh, and everybody knows how great I am at analogies. Uh, but I think that one's that was beautiful. Uh, and related to uh, you know teaching things through ABA, uh, there's a question uh, asking you if you use any anger management or trigger management skills that you might have learned through ABA or or learned otherwise. Well, um, in, in my life uh, personally, I, I didn't really learn anger management skills through ABA. That was mostly through my family. Um, and one of the um, one of the uh, I, one of the big, one of the greatest lessons I've learned is, um, is, I mean, yes, we get angry at things. We're human beings, but at the same time, we, we have to ask ourselves, you know, like when, when you're really getting steamed up, you have to ask yourself, is this worth wasting energy on? Because anger takes a lot of energy because, you know, when you're done being angry, you're, you're tired, you're tuckered out, you're kind of all over the place. So do that. But also, uh, a basic skill that, that my dad taught me was breathing. Just take a deep breath, take five, take 10 deep breaths if you need to. Or, or um, if you have to, if you have to go into your room and scream into a pillow, that's fine. If you have to, um, if you have to go for a walk, go for a bike ride, just basic things that I do all the time. When I feel that I'm about to get steamed up, I immediately leave and I go on a bike ride. I'll do jumping jacks or I'll watch something that makes me laugh. Um, you know, it's, um, no offense, but it's not rocket science. You know, it's just basic stuff that that uh, through life that'll make you feel better. And because, um, like I said, I didn't I didn't have any ABA anger management skills. I kind of learned as I went along. But um, but uh, through ABA, I think it'd be a good idea to uh, sometimes, depending on the circumstance, um, uh, maybe using a little um, what's the word? Um, it's uh, it's um, not not redirect, but it's um, like when you're rewarding someone, it's uh, it's either reward or uh, reinforcing. That's it, reinforcing. Yeah, use constructive reinforcement. 
that's 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 the word. Yeah. Well, and I think that really highlights how individualized good ABA is. You know, uh, what might work to calm myself down might not work for someone else and might not work for someone else, just like what I might find rewarding or reinforcing um, might be different for everyone else, you know. Uh, sure, everybody's different. Exactly. And I think that really highlights that point. And I, I think maybe that's one of the, the distinguishing factors between what we'd consider like good ABA or bad ABA or bad ABA or progressive ABA is uh, progressive ABA is very individualized. And it takes all of those things into account. It does those things that you talked about earlier to where I, I'm getting to know the individual and what's important to them and what their interests are. And I can build from there and I can really work on those things and I can make sure what I'm working on is important to you as well. Right. And, and as I said before, you know, uh, you know, do your homework, get to know the kid and um, find out what his or her triggers are and uh, find out also what they love. So you can use that as a reinforcement. Um, it's, it's a very learn as you go along process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple other questions uh, still flowing, flowing in here. Um, I would like to hear Noah's thoughts on those that believe severe autism doesn't exist. Ooh, well, uh, that, that, that is very tough. Well, um, here's the thing. There has to be a way to be able to identify the different, spec uh, different parts of the spectrum. Um, from what I've seen, uh, severe, like the way I describe severe autism personally is uh, like, for example, if I had severe autism, I could be 26 years old, but have the brain of a, of a three or four year old which is what I've seen. I've seen YouTube videos of people with severe autism. And um, uh, so to say it doesn't exist, I mean, that's, just, that's a matter of opinion, but um, uh, th there has to be an identity for it, um, whether it's severe, whether it's high function, low function. I mean, terms have changed so many times over the years. I don't even know what the correct term is anymore. So those are just the terms that I'm used to. So whatever you want to call it, you can call it, but that's just what I call it. I think it's a, a wonderful response to a difficult question because there, there tends to be what we're seeing, at least uh, the split within the autism community or autistic community uh, that anyone who might be like high functioning or more highly skilled, uh, or at least, you know, has conversational skills and can express their wants and needs like we can uh, here. Uh, that's autism or that's autistic, but anybody with that's more severely impacted, well, that's not autism, it's something else. Um, and they're using that almost as a reason to say, well, use ABA with those people, don't use ABA with these people. Yeah, uh, it's really a mixed bag. And, and you know, sometimes um, people who don't want to use those terms, it's just, honestly, I think it's just a form of denial. You know, um, they, they don't want to accept the fact that their kid is um, is dealing with um, this particular moment. Like in the TV show Parenthood, when they found out that their son Max has Asperger's, at first they were in denial, but then they had to come to terms with reality. That's his reality, and and eventually when they uh, when they clicked in, they did anything they could to uh, deal with it. So that that's all you have to do is just accept the facts. Because when you're told that your kid has um, autism, no matter what part of the spectrum they're on, it's shocking news. And, and as a matter of fact, my mom told me that, um, that when she found out that I was on the spectrum, um, it kind of, uh, it, it was shocking, but 
to her, it was a, it was a perfect learning and growing experience. And uh, to me, I, that, that's, that's very flattering. Well, and uh, I just have to ask uh, on a, yes. a slightly unrelated note, uh, sure. parenthood or this is us? Parenthood. Yes, I 100% agree. Well, I can't, I can't say that you guys are wrong, but you guys are wrong in this one. This is, this is just such a great show. Um, well, I, I, mean, I can be a prisoner of the moment right now uh, yeah. of, of watching it. You know, another thing that you mentioned, Noah, and I'm trying to you know, take my notes and think of what you are uh, saying and, and, and really relating to it, is you talked about in the place that you, when you first were, got your diagnosis or it was revealed to you, that they were impatient, right? And that, and that they were upset or not pleased that you were learning as quickly as they would have liked. Uh, uh, one other thing that comes up a lot that we see, and I've seen it in conferences that I've presented in and, and I've seen it in other places, is that we should not provide uh, corrective feedback or we should not provide punishment. Uh, and I, although I, I think we all would agree that we're not gonna be like shocking kids anytime soon or spraying them with water, I wonder what your thoughts are on just telling kids like, no, you got that wrong, like try again. You wanna do it in a supportive way and a nurturing way, but if you know, a child is crossing the street uh, when there's cars coming, you, you can say, no, you can't do that now if cars coming. Or if you're asking them to work on uh, expanding their language or you know, uh, labeling things and they say, you, you show a pen and they say it's a dog, you can say, no, that's not it in a kind, gentle way. I wonder, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Well, it, it, it depends on the situation. I mean, if, uh, like you said, you know, um, uh, crossing the street or something that that's, that's a terrifying moment. I mean, that, that could be, God forbid, that could be the next 30 seconds of that kid's life. And you have to make a knee-jerk reaction. So if you yell, no, I mean, that's fine in that particular moment. But, but um, for instance, if, if you're working with a kid for like identity skills, like if you show him a picture of a truck and he calls it a dog, then you, instead of saying, instead of just giving him a flat out note, say, mm, try again, you know, uh, do it in a more, do it in a more, uh, in a more friendly way than instead of just saying, than instead of just either giving a flat out no or oh, no, no, you know, because just your tone of voice, your, your tone of voice is actually, it's the foundation of, of learning. And if you say, mm, try again, that that's better. Or you can say something, like, oh, let's try that again, you know, instead of, instead of just, sounding um frustrated yeah i think i think that's beautiful though and i think it's it, when you do it in that you know try again and that kind of uh positive supportive you're here with them you're connecting with them i mean it enhances learning and so if i'm hearing you correctly you're not against using that kind of feedback you just want it done in, in an appropriate kind of manner yeah yeah it has to be appropriate within the moment it has to be um it has to be uh, just, uh, yeah, it has to be appropriate in the moment. And it has to, you have to learn to pick and choose your battles. Uh, you have you have to um, know which response is appropriate for, what's, for what situation. If it's a dangerous, life-threatening situation, do what you have to do. But if it's a learning situation, you just got to be patient because nothing happens overnight. It's not going to, it might not happen today, might not happen tomorrow, might not even happen next week. But um have but the the one motivation that you can use is have the positivity that he's going to eventually get it may not happen today may not happen tomorrow but he will eventually get it and encourage him you know because um if 
if you're working with a client or a student and they're actually looking or feeling frustrated that they're not getting it, you know, just give them some encouragement. It's like, you know, like, Hey, Hey, it's all right. We're going to get this. No worries. You know, you know, give them some encouragement, tell them it's okay. You know, because we all learn at different paces, you know, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, try to just, you know, not just the teacher be patient, but the student be patient because um, the thing about with us is that um, me personally, when I want when I want something done, it has to be like right now, not tomorrow, not after breakfast, right now. And I have learned that life doesn't work like that. You have to be patient. And uh, like my dad always said, if it happens tomorrow, it's okay. If it happens next week, that's okay too. I, I think it's a, a wonderful discussion and, and wonderful response. I, I think corrective feedback for some reason has just a negative connotation with it with a lot of people. And like you said, it's not always saying no very harshly. Sometimes corrective feedback is saying nothing at all. Uh, so I think when people start to look at it more like that and how it can enhance learning, uh, maybe some of the stigma that's associated with the term corrective feedback will go away. Uh, so there's a there's a question here related to you know ABA and, and corrective feedback I guess um, you said that you are an RBT do you see yourself continuing uh, training and working in the field of ABA or are your passions lying in other areas? Well, uh, truth be told, um, I got my degree in radio and television production, um, and I would really like to go in that field. But at the same time. Um, uh, I also would like to go into the RBT field because, like I said, I when I came back from California, I applied at AP to be an RBT, but probably because of COVID, um, nothing's going on. But um, I would, in fact, really love to work with AP again in the in the RBT or ABA or even the research part of it because um, I always told I always told people that work in the field who better to know about how it feels and the person who is on it. I mean, you can do research all you want. You can, you can do all the research, you can have all the know-how, but it's always refreshing to have somebody who's actually on the spectrum, who's experienced it, to give them uh, their feedback and to actually tell them uh, to give advice to parents on how to interact with their kids. Because the truth is, and this is just the truth, people who are on the spectrum are actually pretty delicate and they're, they're, they're like, they're like, um, they're like glass in a museum. If, if you, uh, you know, if you go the wrong way, then it could be, it, it could, you know, not, not detrimental, but it, it could be, uh, difficult to change it the other way. So, um, maybe as like a psychic, I could be like a public speaker for you guys and, you know, if you guys ever do like seminars or meetings or whatever, I would be more than happy to um, speak up. Well, I hope you continue um, to pursue because you do seem passionate about it. And I think you'd make some great contributions. So I know I'll make sure that I'm going to stay in contact. I'm sure Justin's going to feel the same uh, to make sure that we can uh, continue to work together in the future yeah. outside of things like this. Yeah, I mean, we would love you to help out with the research projects and to help out with our mission of really improving quality ABA for individuals diagnosed with autism because it's so important that the kids get, uh, that we work with get good interventions so that they can make meaningful improvements in their life. So you yeah. have it, I, you know, they, now that you're back in California and out of the reign of Oregon, uh, and in a place like uh, this, that we will be shortly in contact with you. Absolutely, I, I, I'd be honored and privileged to uh, to help to help out. 
Um, hopefully, uh, when this whole COVID thing relaxes and we can actually do gatherings once again, um, I, it would be it would be great to do that. And I would love to actually work work with you guys because um, um, if uh, you know that that's something I would actually love to do because you know th there's the old saying when you love what you do you don't work a day in your life and uh, and I would love to work with you guys. I would love to work, Justin, I would love to work with your dad uh, closely. I'd like to work with Letty again. I'd like to work with John again and I'll, and everybody in AP and, and, you know, see the kiddos again and just, you know, um, help out. I want to be part of that community again. I miss you guys. You know, I, I, I think there's the, if you find what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. To me, it's, if you find what you love, you work all of, like every day of your life because you love what you're doing so much. You're just continually working. Uh, and That's I think, true too. you know, the text that I get from Justin at two o'clock in the morning about work related things probably goes to show that. There you go. There you go. It's perfect. That's but perfect. I have, I have learned Joe what times not to text you around dinner time. I don't usually get a, a response then. I don't know why. Maybe, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I have to talk to Sarah and see if I can break that so that you just always <laughs> respond to my texts uh, whenever. Totally. Uh, we, have, we have a couple more questions, uh, Noah. Fire uh, away. You are interested in uh, what you're saying. This one comes Fire away. from a person whose name is dropped more than any other name on Rants with Justin and Joe, uh, even when he's not a guest or it has nothing to do with them. But Bob Ross asked, how should the ABA field respond, how should the ABA field respond to those people or trying to ban ABA as a therapy because they think it's abuse. So how should we respond to people who, think, who are saying ABA is abusive? Ooh, um, I would like to give you the blunt answer, but since, uh, since I want to remain professional, I'll just say, um, you know, give us a chance, you know, um, one, give us a chance and two, you know, see for yourself, you know, um, see how we operate. Uh, maybe, uh, you know how schools have open houses and stuff, you know, have an open house for the parents and have them come by and actually observe how their kids are, are um, getting the help they need. Yeah. And um, maybe also just, um, and, you know, also constantly uh, assure the parents, if you have any questions, please, you know, ask as many as you want, because, you know, it's a, it's a help me help you scenario. If, you know, uh, if, if you help me, I'll help you back. It's, it's give and take, you know, that's, that's the perfect way to do it. Well, and you can feel free to be blunt here. Uh, that's the whole point uh, of Rants with Justin and Joe is that we can have frank, blunt, open conversations without any fears of, you know, potentially upsetting someone or it's, it's a learning experience for us all. So please feel free right. to be blunt. I do it all the all time. Right. I'm the bad cop. Joe does it all the time. He's a good cop. I guess uh, it plays, plays well. All right. Well, to the people who think it's um, abusive, get over yourselves. Yeah, seriously, get over yourselves because um, th that's one, it's rude. Two, it's completely false. And three, it's, uh, it's uh, insulting to, uh, to the people who devote their lives to uh, help the people um, who, who are on the spectrum to live better lives. And, and, you know, to have the audacity to say that it's abusive, grow up, get over yourselves. And, you know, get the facts first before you say them, you know? 
Well, I think that's like the mic drop of the of the two year or two seasons we've done this. Yeah, how do you follow that up? We just end the whole season now. We just shut it off. I think, I think, we, I think we go to retirement, Joe. I think that was uh, that was the best response well, we've ever had. I have to say. All right, well, I'll grab the golf clubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you see, well, one of the cool parts of being on the spectrum is that uh, is that we are bluntly honest. We're brutally honest. We will tell it like it is. Um, but one of the uh, one other thing I wanted to address is that a lot of um, I did uh, ask this question on one of the uh, Facebook groups is that um, we are victims of social hypocrisy. In other words, if they do it, it's okay. If we do, if we do it, it's not okay. And that also falls with being bluntly honest. If people are bluntly honest with us, we have to shut up and take it. If we're bluntly honest with other people and they're offended, we have to get on our knees and apologize till the sun goes down and beg for forgiveness. And that's just not cool. You know, we have to be able to speak our minds and, you know, I mean, if you're offended, you're offended, but you know, some people gotta have a little boot in the butt sometimes. And, you know, what better person to get it from than a person's on a spectrum that actually tells the God's honest truth. I think we have a related, uh, a question. Uh, I'm going to name drop this person as well. She doesn't get name dropped uh, quite nearly as much for as talented as she is. Uh, Dr. Melissa Saunders uh, writes, what would Noah uh, say to parents who are apprehensive about getting services for their child because they heard ABA is abusive? We know you want them to get over themselves, but they, they hear it anyway because it's on, it's on uh, Facebook pages or social media, and so now they don't want to do it because we're not actually doing better. We're just putting out stuff there in the world. So how, do, how would we handle it uh, with parents? Well, for the apprehensive ones, I would say, give it a try first, you know, give it a try for, I don't know, maybe like a month or two or something like that. And if you don't like it and you want to take it out, no hard feelings. I mean, that's that they're, they're called trials for a reason. Uh, and if you like it, Hey, awesome. So try it first. You know, it, it's like, it's like, um, it's like dipping your toe in the water. You know, you, you got it. You can't just jump in the deep end first. You got to dip your toe in. You got to see what it's like. And, um, and if it's not to your satisfaction, hey, then that's, that's okay. That's, you know, um, if you want to handle it yourself, power to you. But if you want, uh, if you want the, uh, you know, people who are professionals in the field, we'd be happy to help. I, I think that's a, a wonderful response. And I think it's, it's a caring response as well, you know. Uh, and I think it goes to don't believe everything that you read on the internet. Uh, and continue to be skeptical uh, and just be a good consumer because what you see on Facebook isn't necessarily true and what you see in the first Google search isn't necessarily true. You know, so continue to be skeptical because there's a lot of misinformation that's out there regarding, like you did a whole podcast on misconceptions just with autism. Um, there's, you know, you pair that with misconceptions with ABA and then misconceptions with both of them, you know, like you're going down a, a pigeonhole or a rabbit hole full with, you know, misconceptions that are easily uh, spoken about on Facebook and other social media platforms, you know. That's right. There's, a, there's another question from a former guest of Rants with Justin and Joe, uh, Dr. Pritchard, uh, says, how would you explain what autism is to someone, to someone who's never, ever heard about it? Ooh, 
I get that question a lot. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I got that question, I'd be Bruce Wayne by now. Um, well, um, it's, it is tricky to explain, but, um, but the thing is, um, our brains are just wired differently. That's, that's just, that's the best way I can, uh, explain. Um, it's, um, it's really, it, it is really tricky and difficult to explain that that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of question where you have an answer where you're kind of walking on eggshells cause, uh, you don't know how people will take it. But the best way I can really explain it is that it's a person whose brains are wired differently. They may not function as normal as, as regular people, um, but they are normal just like everyone else. We, we talk normally, we walk normally, we function normally, just in different aspects. <clears throat> wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so we're, we're, these hours fly by super fast. Uh, and we're trying to do something new with how we wrap these up with, uh, you know, a one thing type of a question. Um, so if you will, um, if someone were listening to this, what is, if someone was listening to this with an autism diagnosis, what's one thing that you'd want them to walk away with? And if someone's listening to this that's in the ABA field, what's one thing you'd want them to walk away with? Um learn to love yourself and don't be hard on yourself, even though it, it seems like utterly impossible for, for us because, you know, we are very hard on ourselves, but learn to give yourself a break once in a while, because if you keep bashing yourself, you're just, you're just not going to get anywhere. So learn to give yourself a break once in a while and accept it. That's, that's, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful suggestion, especially with, you know, an ongoing pandemic and everything else that's going in the world. I think that's a nice reminder for everybody. Yeah. Forgive uh, yourself, give yourself a break. Don't bash yourself and just learn from it because we learn by making mistakes. That's just natural. Well, and as another <laughs> reminder, if anybody wants CEUs for this, uh, navigate over to www.autismpartnershipfoundation.org forward slash podcast. Uh, find the ramp, put it into your cart, and you'll answer a question about the keywords. The opening keyword of this was Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y. The closing word is COFAX. I knew it. I knew it. I knew you'd figure it out. Uh, the closing word, COFAX, K-O-U-F-A-X. Uh, just put in those and boom, you have your CEU for this rant. And although Sandy Koufax is the is the opening and closing words, wear masks. Wear masks. Absolutely. They're important. Absolutely. They very much Especially so. right now. And wash your hands. Yes. Well, no, this has been a very fun rants. Uh, have a happy holiday season. And I'm sure we will be talking in the very near future. Th thank you for having me on the on the podcast. I'm more than happy and privileged. And um, if you guys want me to be on any other podcast or webinar or anything like that, just uh, just shoot me a message and I'm there. You'll be hearing from us uh, very, very uh, quickly. I can assure you that. Yeah. All right. And thank you, fellas. No, thank, thank you for being here. And everybody else who's listening, make sure you go check out Noah's podcast as well. Uh, the information is in wherever you're listening to this. Yeah, it's called Unlocking the Mysteries of Autism. You'll find it more easily on Spotify. Perfect. Well, that's it with Rance and Justin, with Justin and Joe. Joe. Now, bye, everybody. See ya. Thank you. See you later, guys.